Hello, everyone, and welcome to Innovation Fuel, the podcast that brings you fantastic stories from entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. I am Dave Kiran. And I am Gelare Fahadian. We are educators, entrepreneurs, and your hosts. Innovation Fuel is our weekly business podcast brought to you by University Canovas. Each week, we explore diverse business models, entrepreneur journeys, experts' insight, and managerial challenges, and how companies stay agile and innovative during COVID-19. Check out our episodes at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovationfuel. Dave, do you want to bring a Carrie again? Oh, yes, I definitely need to bring Carrie back. Carrie was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. But, you know, I think that we missed one part. Yeah, what I understand was, yeah, was tech strategy sort of consulting around this space? So I think why why should company work on the tech strategy and implement tech strategy? Don't you think that each company, they have their own IT guy, they do it for them? Yeah, well, well we think in today's age that that might be possible that everybody has their IT guy that does everything for them. But... You know, I guess the question comes, Galari, is is the IT building the right infrastructure that supports your product market, like getting out your, your product or service to market? Or, or, do you think it's is it the IT people are cheap or means they affordable? We can afford as in small businesses or in new businesses. Yeah. Have one. Well, you bring up another point there, Galari, is that, you know, like we don't have, like if we're a small business, we don't have all these bodies that we can bring in to support tech infrastructure you know so yeah it becomes a big challenge becomes a cost problem right off the bat like um and so yeah what can we do there exactly so maybe we can ask carrie huh yeah let's ask carrie yes yes carrie might have the solution for us welcome carrie welcome back carrie thank you for coming back and joining us on innovation fuel sure thanks for having me so, Carrie, I mean, um, we didn't have time to go through the, your company in last sessions. So, would you explain a little bit about your company and what you're doing? Yeah, so we have two sides of the company. We have a solution side and a services side. Uh, in our company charter, we have it written that 50% of all employees will be female and 50% of all partner referral companies or companies that we do business with on projects will be either women minority or diversely owned companies or veteran owned companies, because we feel that these are very underserved communities. And so we've worked really hard to make sure that we have that outreach. So on one side, we do a lot with business strategy, technology planning, you know, helping companies figure out where they're going to go with technology without bringing on a bunch of technical debt or creating a bunch of technical debt in the future. And we, as part of that, we launched CTO as a service, which is um, allows companies, small to medium enterprise, or even big companies, if they just need it on a part-time basis, to have a chief technology officer function a day a week, a day a month, a day a year on a retainer basis. And so until they grow to the size where they really need to hire on a chief technology officer, we step in and act in that role and help them sort out you know, where their data lives, what kind of applications are going to do. We do Procurement exercises where we help with RFIs and RFQs, which is a request for information, request for quote, to help bring the solutions to the table, kind of level them out and help sort that out. And then on the solution side of the business, we have a few products that we rep and also um, a lot of telecommunications, cloud services, data center space stuff that that we broker. Fantastic. So you intern to, to you intern to a company. 
you develop a technology department, you create those, everything. And then when you want to leave it, even you hire it as a chief technology officer. That's why you well, Yeah. So they hire us as a chief technology officer on a retainer basis. So it depends on how many hours they want per month, what their fee is. And then we work for them th- that number of hours a month, either bringing solutions to the table, working with employees, finding out, you know, what software would be beneficial to them, what they can use from a business strategy standpoint to help grow their business, those kind of things. So why they are not hiring someone, why they give it to you, to go to your company? Well, so a lot of companies don't have enough need to have that as a full-time position, or they're just starting out and they don't, you know, their budget is being spent elsewhere on, on other things that they need to do in different parts of their business. And so we really step in just to help in that technology side and that technology strategy to sort of push them forward in those. And then as they grow and their company grows where they end up needing somebody full time to take care of that, then they, you know, we will help them find somebody as a full time person. So you'll you'll help them with the scale up element and move. Oh, sure. Yeah. Scale up, knowledge transfer, all that kind of stuff. You know, the idea is to give them a really good plan moving forward that they can use elsewhere And, you know, like I said, you know, hire somebody on full time. And then sometimes, you know, it's just like on a project, you know, they're working on a project. They just need some expertise. Maybe they haven't done anything with data centers or something and and they just need it for this project, but then they need it to go away. So it's kind of a cloud based service, if you will. And that, you know, at some point their bill returns to zero and then they go on their their merry way until the next project or the next time they need us. I just want to a little bit more emphasize, I mean, because you, you said technology-based strategy or tech strategy. So what do you mean by this exactly? And how a company can approach you when means the technology is there in value, if the technology is in their mission, if the technology in where is, so why they have, I mean. Well, it could be anywhere, right? So, you know, think about it from a technology perspective, from a company perspective. Assume that you're starting a brand new company. And maybe you're in an incubator or, you know, you're in, in those very infinite, you know, stages and you have this really great idea. Now, what, t- what technology is going to support that idea? Mm-hmm. And so that's what most people don't know. They don't know the technologies out there. They know, you know, they've been exposed to the World Wide Web. They know that they need a website. They've been exposed to Microsoft Office suites or, or Google suites and they know they need email and some ability to write documents and do spreadsheets. But outside of that, they don't know. What about HR systems? Mm-hmm. What about payroll systems? What about, um, you know, what if that's going to be in the cloud? What about a CRM so they can keep up with customers and customer relationships? What about a contact information system? What about a voice over IP system so they can communicate with employees and customers and all of those different things? So what We do is we sit down with a company and say, all right, what are you doing? Where do you want to go? And then let's do this in in bite-sized increments. And so it might be that they implement a certain cloud application for CRM, and we know that it's going to grow them to this certain point. And so anytime we recommend a technology, we look at how you get into that technology, but we also look at how you get out of that technology, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have to have an exit plan to, to move into the next thing as you grow, right? Because not everything scales indefinitely. And the stuff that is for great big companies, smaller companies typically can't afford because the per seat price or whatever is, is very difficult. And so we help the we help work through all of those different stages and bring technology to the table that is useful for them in business. So you were talking there a little bit about going uh, and, and some of the 
challenges. It seemed like uh, almost to a point where would you step into an organization that already has some technology that has become outdated and they don't know how to move forward? Oh, yeah, we've done that many, many times, especially in the data center space. Uh, because, you know, data centers have changed the way we organize data centers, the design of data centers. We go in and audit old data centers and help people figure out what they need to do to get up to spec and up to the, the newest level of technology. We help write roadmaps for them to get there and figure out what the downtime schedule is going to be, if they need swing equipment to bring in to do something temporary. So, yeah, we, we do that a lot. And, and, you know, really in tech and anybody that's in tech, whether they work for a private company or somewhere outside, these aren't really nine to five jobs anyway. And so the problem is, is that in, in a lot of cases, people are so busy reacting because they haven't given themselves the time to really do that forward thinking planning that they just don't have time to do it because they're so busy reacting. And so those for us are ideal candidates, We you know, because A, they're strapped for time and B, they just don't have the time to sit back and do the legwork and the figure it out and and do the research to figure out who all to bring to the table. So we shortcut that and we help write proposals and then we do vendor interviews and all that kind of stuff to help them understand who can help solve those solutions and what that's going to look like. So I just want to back to the strategy again. So in which phase of a strategy you can get involved, for example, from strategy planning or the strategic implementations or in, or even from the vision, missions part of each department. So in where, in which stage you can help a um, company or any all these stages? We get involved in all of those stages. So anytime, and to me, this is the way I look at it. If you want to figure out if, if, a tech strategy is working for a company. You find out first, you know, if, if you're a company and you look inward and you say, my tech is, and that ends with anything other than an enabler for my business, then you need a better tech strategy, right? And so that could be at any phase. It could be because your technology is getting old and nobody planned a refresh cycle. It could be um, your, your systems aren't working for you. They're too slow now because you've outgrown them and they become cumbersome or it was some old, you know, some old software that somebody wrote and now it's just unwieldy and crazy and, and too much to maintain. So all of those are, are good examples of when we can step in or, or a company that's brand new and trying to figure out what can technology do for me? And if you don't have a technology strategy as any kind of company, you know, even if it's a small retail shop, you've got to have a good strategy for point of sale systems and what they're going to do for you and, and how you're going to ha- keep up with your customers and, and promotions of what you're going to do to attract new customers. So technology should absolutely be an enabler. And if it's not being an enabler, then you need a better strategy. So the, do a lot of these businesses out there put uh, technology on the side and not like actually put it up front where it should be in the oh, strategy yeah. planning? Yeah, I mean, tech for a long time has been sort of a necessary evil, right? And and it's and that's exactly the opposite of what it should be. It shouldn't be a necessary evil. It's absolutely necessary without a doubt, but it should be a necessary enabler. And it should really be, it should be something that can make a difference to your bottom line. Because what happens if your employees hate it and, it, and it's too much trouble, they just go around it. And then that does you no good because now you have data and you have no idea where it is. And the cloud is a great place to hide data that you don't want lost in a cloud. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's um, what what we can see a lot. What is trending is a lot of uh, companies, especially big companies, even banks, they outsource their IT department or technology departments to other co- to the other country, such as India, right? Yeah. So, what you do in this case? I mean, if um, do you, are you losing your clients, or it's it's an advantage for you? Well, what do you what do you do in this regard? So normally, if they outsource it, they outsource a piece of it, right? They'll outsource their call center, or they'll outsource their help desk, or outsource some function. They don't normally outsource their entire IT department. Now, there are companies that outsource to you know larger companies like the IBMs of the world and, and those kind of things, you know, because they don't want that headcount. And for them, it's easier to have that as a different expense than to bring out the headcount of people. And that certainly happens, you know, and that's that's a business strategy in and of itself. But um, you really have to look at the, the whole piece of pie, right? So there are some companies that outsourced call systems to foreign countries that had to turn around and bring them back because their customers couldn't stand it. You know, there, there's language barriers or accent barriers or, or frustrations and you know, people work off scripts in, in those call centers and people get frustrated going through the 7,384 steps that you have to go through before you can escalate the thing and get to somebody that really knows your problem. And if you're a tech savvy end user, that is nothing but frustration. And so, you know, you really have to examine each application and, and each individual task that you plan to accomplish and figure out the best place for that to sit. For a variety of reasons. So, how do you mean again? So, you're you're saying that you compete with uh, these kind of outsourcing to other or offshoring to the other countries? It's that you have a better quality. Uh, no, I mean, you know, sometimes if, if people want to have offshore services, we don't, you know, we don't stand in their way. We really are more, you know, on the strategic planning side from a services perspective and from a data center perspective. You know, we're on a design services side, and my take on it is. You know, there's there's always going to be somebody that competes with you. You can't compete with everybody. You have to pick and choose the customers that you want because that needs to be a fit too. I think um, just taking business for business sake is n- is not a good idea. If it's a bad relationship or a bad customer, wish them on your best competition mm-hmm. <laughs> and hope they get to burn all those hours. But yeah, I think there's room for everybody at the table. There's certainly enough work to go around. You just have to be diligent in in finding it. In another piece that, because you're more like a consultant, right? So actually on the services, you're very like consultant. So how you find your clients in, the, in your consultancy? As a- so a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, thankfully, we have uh, a lot of good contacts in the industry. And then we also are just bringing on a new system that helps identify customers using some AI so that hopefully that knocks out some of the the legwork and cold calling and stuff for us. If we could find some some students that wanted to do business development, we'd bring those on as interns for sure, um, and, and make sure that they were they were funded well out of whatever contracts they bring to the table. But uh, you know, I think you just have to be creative. I think you know, there's good business development people. We certainly do a lot with strategic partnerships and relationships. So we have people that are complimentary in what they do to what we do. And sometimes we go after business together. Sometimes we feed them business. Sometimes they feed us business. 
And it just makes for good partnerships that way. So Carrie, does this open the door? Like you said, like you said, there's, there's lots of opportunities like for people to come to the table, but this it not open the opportunity for proprietary software that you could develop for these elements and proprietary tech that yeah. then you can support yeah. your customers. So I've written a lot of software in the past and I'll tell you a funny story. So years ago, I developed this product called Grocer Easy. And this software had a barcode scanner. So as you used groceries, you'd scan it in and it would add it to a grocery list and it would sort it by aisle order of the grocery store that you wanted it to go to. It would transmit that order to the grocery store so the grocer could fill that order for you and would also figure out what products you're buying from the competition because obviously he wouldn't have those on the shelf or she. And then it tied into prescriptions and birthday cards and all that stuff. So you could do all that kind of stuff at the same time. And you could decide if you wanted to pick out your own meat and vegetables, for instance, it would fill all the rest of your grocery order and have it ready there. So you could add your stuff to it and do a quick checkout. And um, this was about 10 years ago. And we marketed it to a lot of the grocers and they said, oh, you know, nobody's ever going to let somebody pick out their own groceries <laughs> Nobody's going to do that at the grocery service. It's never going to happen. The pharmacy said, oh, you can't do, you know, there's privacy laws. We can't do drive up pharmacy. That's, that's never going to work. We're never going to cross that hurdle. And I would be a millionaire now if that had gone, you know, <laughs> if, um, you know, th- there's times when, <laughs> when uh, there's, there's times when things are innovative and, and you decide when you want to bite and there's times when you don't, but, if that was around, if I if I hadn't been so far ahead of my time, that would have been pretty amazing, pretty amazing. But yeah, so and, and there's packages out there that do a lot of these things, you know, that that help with a lot of sorting out and, and figuring things out. So a lot of that content exists, and certainly open source. There's a lot more that you can get to. I have a question about your consultancy piece. What is the most difficult part of the consulting from very earliest stage to get a client at the end? So what is the what is the most difficult part of this consulting process? Um, I would say that probably the most difficult to start is working with new companies that don't know what they want and trying to really help them sort out what they because you don't know right if you don't know enough to ask an intelligent question then you're stuck and so part of this is really sitting down and working with the business goals and figuring out what the goals of the business are and then making those suggestions but sometimes especially with people that are very new to business they haven't really considered the full frame of what a business needs to operate and so it's difficult for them to really branch out and, and really figure out what they need and prioritize that in any semblance. So that can be the tricky part. Like you tell them, they're like, oh, we won't need that. Uh, but you will. <laughs> how, about, how about this part? Because my experience was that sometimes I can feel that they need this specific solution, but they don't want it. They want something else. But oh, that happens too. That happens too. And, and, and I will say this, you know, it, and it happens more often than not. Somebody buys a piece of tech because their brother told them it was a great piece of tech and they buy it and go to implement it and realize it doesn't do anything that they thought it was going to do because their brother wasn't all that great at, at tech to start with or needed it for a completely different purpose. And a completely different setup. And so it would make work for him and not work for the other guy. 
So yeah, that, that happens a lot. <laughs> so how about the readiness of this score of any organizations, especially for tech? Because my background in tech showing that, yes, the CEO wants to use using a specific solutions, but then the whole body are not ready to do, to do, to work on that technology. So what do, what's your solutions for those companies? Well, I think you just have to break it down and be honest with them. You know, cloud is a good example. There's a lot of CEOs that decided they were going to go cloud first because they read it in a PC magazine. And, you know, if if the Wall Street Journal or something said it was good, then that's going to be the way that it goes. And, you know, in, in some cases, it's like, well, you don't really want to do that because if you look at the cost for what you're doing, it's going to be exorbitant. And they decide to do that anyway. And, you know, sometimes it's it's like kids when you just have to let a kid, you know, climb up there you're gonna fall and you're gonna break your neck you know sometimes you just gotta let them climb up there and and fall maybe not break their neck but you know what i mean uh you know sometimes you have to let them make their mistakes you know i and and this leads into my one last question and and you know when do you decide to for you to walk away when is it the time for you to say hey this relationship's done (laughs) and it's time for me to move on because sometimes we just find that out of balance but when you would rather gouge your eye out with a spoon than talk to your customer, it's a good time to know that it's a good time to walk away. I mean, there's some there's some points where it's just it doesn't really matter what you say. It seems futile and, and they're few and far between. But there are some people that are just so set in their way that you, know, you wonder why they hired you to start with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and you just have to walk away when you don't feel that you're being effective, just like when you find out a piece of software is not working. You know, it's, it's when it's not doing what, you, what it's intended to do. And so if the relationship is just not um, and, and I've only walked away from from two customers, but, you know, sometimes you just have to make that decision. Like I said, those are the ones you wish on your best competition and let them do that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great, Carrie. Thank you very much again. Uh, any last minute words you want to pass on to before we leave today? Uh, no, I would just say that, you know, sometimes you have to jump in with both bare feet and roll your sleeves up and, you know, make something work and don't be afraid to try something that that's new and different that you know nothing about just because that's how we learn and everybody's ignorant until you learn. Yeah. Love it. Great words of advice. You know, never, ever, everlasting learners. We need to keep learning, 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 and especially the way in the advancement of technology. <laughs> well, and I will say this too, especially since there's a lot of students listening to the broadcast starting today, keep a journal of everything that you do that you feel proud of. And I say that because one day you're going to have a down day and it's good to be able to go back and look at that journal But when you're trying to sell yourself to an employer or you're trying to get a raise, you need to be in the habit of doing that because five years from now, you're not going to remember that you did that. But five years from now, it might be everything that gets you a raise. So start journaling your your attaboys and, and when you feel good about yourself and keep that list up from now until the day you retire. Great words. It's a great word. I have to start to writing it as well. I'm proud of Thank you, Carrie. Thank you very much. To all entrepreneurs and managers out there, we have ambitious students here at UCW who would love to hear from you and help you with your business through our internship or capstone program. If you think you have a wonderful story or a challenge that you want to share with our students and our audience that you think they can benefit from, we want to hear from you. We want that information. We want you to be a part of this show. We also want you to join our mentorship program. 
We've got a great mentorship program to help students as they move on their educational journey towards getting into a career or launching a new opportunity. So reach out to us, connect with us at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovation fuel. You have just listened to the Innovation Fuel podcast with your hosts, Dave and Gellere. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Join us next week for another innovative story. Thank you for listening and have a great week.